I'm lost, wandering, and somewhat stoned. This parking lot, when you're in the middle of it, seems much vaster and more expansive than it does from the street. Or do I just seem much less consequential? That's the question. One for the ages. It's July, hot as balls. A stare up, the sky pale and papery looks like it's about to burst into flame. How would you describe the sky to someone who has never seen a sky? You'd have to explain how it's different every day. So many shades of blue, of gray. And we're not even talking about sunrise or sunset. Plus the clouds. How would you describe clouds? You need some help. What? I say. Some dude in a suit is about to climb in his car. He's about my age, probably a couple of years out of college. With the suit and the haircut, though, he's all business. Me, I'm wearing board shorts, flip-flops, and a vintage faded Van Halen t-shirt that I found for five bucks at Goodwill. I haven't cut my hair in almost forever, and I'm a minimum wage scarer at an amusement park fright zone. Who's happier, though? Him or me? I mean, I hope he's happy. But I'm happy, too. I don't need much. I don't want much. I have everything I need and want. The perfect balance. You're just standing there, the dude in the suit says. Yeah, no. I'm good, thanks. Can you move so I can back out? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know where the new municipal court administration building is? He points to the far end of the parking lot. Right on. I say, thanks. The new municipal building isn't actually a new building. It's the old municipal offices inside a different old building. Inside is your standard grim government environment. Low ceilings and dying fluorescent tubes. Scuffed floors and dented doors. Smudged handprints climbing the walls like vines. People pace up and down the long hallway. One woman is muttering to herself. Breathing in, I calm my body, she says as she paces past me. Breathing in, I calm my body. I get in line at the parking window. I have a ticket I need to deal with by five o'clock today, which is 11 minutes from now. Waiting will probably take longer than that, but if you're in line by 10 till, they usually let you slide. We inch forward. Down the hallway to my right, a guy is kicking a closed door. The woman is still pacing and muttering. Two dudes in line behind me argue loudly and irately, first about some quarterback, then about some politician, then about Sonic hamburgers versus Whataburger hamburgers. It must be exhausting to have so many strong opinions. I only have mild preferences, and usually not even that. The woman in front of me worries into her phone about a suspicious lump in her armpit. I'm very glad for the bowl I smoked in my car. 
The weed makes me feel like I'm being gently removed from this moment by a big rubber eraser. Down the hallway to my left, a couple of kids sit by themselves on a wooden bench. I just now notice them because it's an extra large bench, and they're extra small. Six or seven years old? A little boy and a little girl. I'm impressed by how well-behaved they are. They're not squirming or wrestling or even swinging their legs. At their age, I would have been crawling around, licking the fossilized chewing gum stuck to the bottom of the bench. We inch forward. Finally, it's my turn at the window. Pay or delay? The clerk asks. Delay? The clerk stamps my parking ticket, authorizing my request for a 30-day continuation. I step away from the window. While I'm here, I realize I should go ahead and get a continuation for my ticket due next week. The dude behind me looks anxious, though, so I yield the window to him. A good deed, my mom always said, never hurt anyone. On my way out, I see those two little kids still sitting all by themselves on the big bench. Is it kind of weird that they're sitting all by themselves? I look around for a likely parent or guardian, but everyone is wrapped up in their own world. Nobody even glances at the kids. It's none of my business, and I have zero understanding of child development, but the little boy and little girl seem way too young to be on their own, especially in a place like this, with so many sketchy people pacing and muttering and kicking at doors. I walk over to the bench. I give the kids plenty of space and crouch down so that I'm not looming over them like Godzilla in Tokyo. Technically, I'm one of those sketchy people myself, after all. Hey, dudes, I say. What's up? The little boy looks past me over my shoulder. The little girl looks over my other shoulder. They're brother and sister, definitely. Twins? Unclear. They have the same sandy blonde hair, the same broad forehead, the same enormous green eyes. They don't seem scared. It's more like they're riding the bus to work, arms folded across their chests and staring out at the same tedious scenery that rolls past every day. Is your mom or dad around, I say. No reaction. Just this bus, this route, so tedious. I decide, with no scientific basis whatsoever, that the boy is six and the girl is seven. They're wearing miniature sneakers and miniature jeans. The little boy is wearing a miniature striped rugby shirt, blue and yellow. The little girl is wearing a miniature t-shirt with happy exclamation point, spelled out with sequins. Though some of the sequins are missing, so it's just happy. I move my face three inches to the right so the little boy can't miss it. He doesn't even blink. I'm invisible. His eyes are offline, open but empty. Just a dim light and lots of shadows. Same thing with his sister. Very unsettling. They're cute kids. I really wish they'd smile or giggle. I'd get behind even a scowl or a glare. Should kids be as skinny as these kids? With such narrow, delicate necks and chests, 
wrists and ankles. They're more like stick-figure drawings than actual human children. I noticed the little girl's ankle, the exposed skin between her sock and her jeans. Three round dots the size of shirt buttons. Moles? That's my first thought. But the dots are all exactly the same size and too perfectly round. My second thought is ink? But what kid that age has a tattoo? From a distance, the dots are black, but when I lean closer, I see they're actually dark, dark red, just rimmed with black. Cigarette burns. That's what they are. I can positively identify cigarette burns because in high school, some lunatic sophomore dropped acid at a party and thought his skin was made from ballistic nylon fabric. Watch this, he said, then pressed a cigarette against the inside of his wrist. He screamed and screamed even after people found some butter to spread on him. I feel my stomach twist. Cigarette burns. The little boy's socks are pulled up so I can't see his ankles. But then I spot three dots lined neatly along his collarbone just beneath the collar of his rugby shirt. These cigarette burns are a brighter red than the girl's with a thinner black edge, more recent. I stand and take a step backward. One single cigarette burn might possibly be an accident. But three on the girl and three on the boy? Arranged in neat lines, evenly spaced? There's no way that's an accident. I'm dizzy. All the noise around me, echoing voices and clattering heels and buzzing fluorescence, drops away and then, a second later, comes roaring back twice as loud. The kids still don't look at me. They just sit and gaze off at nothing. A woman steps out of an office. She hurries over to the bench. She's the mother. Has to be. She looks just like the kids, with the same sandy hair, the same big eyes blouse, skirt. I don't know if she works here or is a citizen with municipal business. The main thing I notice is how sharp she is. Her face and her body both all corners and edges like origami. Let's go, guys, she tells the kids. For the first time, they stir. The little girl corkscrews slowly off the bench and slides to the floor. The little boy studies his sister's move, then duplicates it precisely. The mother is looking at me now. She's suspicious, understandably. As in, who are you with the long hair and board shorts, and why are you staring at my children? But then I catch movement and glance down. She's tugging at the collar of the little boy's rugby shirt, rearranging it. Trying, I realize, to hide the cigarette burns on his collarbone. What? The mother eases between me and the kids, blocking my view and hustles them away. It all happens too fast. My mind drags behind still three minutes in the past, still processing that first look at the cigarette burns. Down the hallway, sunlight flashes as the glass doors of the building slide open. Before I can think or move or even think about moving, 
the mother and her kids are gone. I look around for help, but every nearby person is deep into their phone or yawning obliviously. There was a security guard roaming the ground floor earlier. Wasn't there? Maybe he's down by the elevators. I jog in that direction, then wonder if I should be following the mother and her kids instead. I wheel around and jog back the other way. Glass doors take forever to slide open wide enough for me to squeeze through sideways. A couple of vapors lurk outside the building in a cloud of peach-flavored steam. In the parking lot, there's no sign of the mother and her kids. The glare from all the windshields is right in my eyes. A dark blue car pulls out of a space not far from where I'm standing. A Volvo, I think. The passenger window is down. It's the mother staring straight ahead. Next to her is a man driving. I can't get a good look at him. In the back seat, I see the tops of two small heads. Now what? I freeze again. The Volvo is swinging around, heading out. I can chase it across the parking lot. I can probably catch it. What do I do then, though? License plate. License plate! I start trying to memorize the numbers, but then the little girl lifts her head and turns in her seat and looks out the back window. I'm startled when she looks right at me. Right into my eyes. As the car speeds up and speeds away, it's like some strange spell has been lifted. And I'm no longer invisible. <laughs>